is a conversation between a teacher and a student. And the teacher asked, how do you call mosquitoes in your language? And the teacher, student said, we don't call them. They just come on their own. Okay. One day our country will be corruption free. What tense is that? Future impossible tense. Okay, I'm not declaring over that in India. Okay, anyway, lift up your Bibles. Say this after me. Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Reveal your heart to us. Anoint my lips. I, don't do, I just don't want to speak my own words. I pray that you will release your word to your children and they will never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to continue uh, the fifth Beatitudes. There are eight Beatitudes. And the fifth one is a very interesting one. And uh, we're going to be talking on, on the fifth one. It's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. And when I started reading this, and I was asking the Lord, what is this? particular mercy subject because we we know a lot of word like we say in Christian uh, circle we use certain words grace mercy glory hallelujah praise the Lord these are Christian words but sometimes we really don't know the weight behind the words we, if, you know it's a normal Christian slang if somebody asks you how are you doing by God's grace is it okay? Is, is that, that's a normal thing. It's, it's kind of we are taught to speak certain way. You know, by the grace of God, brother. Oh, it's truly the mercy. And we say, oh, it's the favor. Oh, the glory. It's, we use words, but what happens is over the years, it's, maybe for you it's different, but for me, over the years, because the words we use, we lose the significance of the word. And when I read this word, blessed, are the merciful and they will be shown mercy. And I wrote down here a few things and what we're going to do is we're going to unlock the word mercy and we're going to go into the Bible because the best example for a merciful person is Jesus. And we're going to look at four important ways how Jesus manifested the word mercy in practical ways and we're going to learn some practical tips also. So this is what I wrote down here. Mercy, the Micah, I think it's in chapter uh, chapter 6 verse 8 says this, Love mercy, seek justice, walk humbly before God. The Greek word for mercy is elios. I may be pronouncing it in an Indian accent, so it doesn't matter. There is no Greek. My father-in-law is not there. So he's a Greek scholar. So he would correct it. Maybe not that way. Maybe Elios or maybe, I don't know. But he would say that. But the Greek word for Elios basically has a couple of meanings. One is called compassion. Another one is called clemency. You know, the word clemency basically means somebody forgives you. You are about to die. You, you are about to get a death penalty and the governor signs the bill and says, you are free from death penalty. That's called clemency. And it also calls pity or forgiveness. So these are the words that means Elios. Everybody say Elios. 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 So when we say, oh, what a mercy of the Lord. 
it could mean the compassion it could mean pity it could mean clemency it could mean the forgiveness so when we talk about micah is one of the minor prophet who has major truth as we all know he said this love mercy seek justice and walk humbly before god and there is a big difference between a grace and mercy we get confused with that i wrote down here it's up on the screen you can take notes if you are taking notes grace is different from mercy grace is getting what we don't deserve how many of you know that yes i don't deserve to be married to the most beautiful girl sitting at the back yeah you can turn and look yes but it is the grace of god you know because you know my story i was a broken person and the lord restored me and he brought this beautiful girl in my life and i am so blessed it is a grace what is mercy it also means compassion clemency pity or forgiven is not getting what we do deserve yes grace is god blessing us despite the fact that we don't deserve it anyone can witness here god blessing us despite the fact we don't deserve it what is mercy is god not punishing us as our sins deserve amen it's a big difference grace is extending kindness to the unworthy we were all once unworthy that's why bible says in romans christ loved us it when we were sinners that means when we were how many of you sinned yes how many of you enjoy sinning if you don't enjoy sinning you will not be sinning yeah sin comes always in attractive packages so grace is extending kindness to the unworthy mercy is deliverance from judgment in other words grace of god brings salvation but the mercy of god enables us to receive the salvation so these are the two important words so sometimes when we use this words make sure that you understand this because in christian circle we use lot of words but we don't understand what the meaning behind this word so the so next time when you felt we were singing the song the grace and the mercy what does it mean it's this the thing that i deserve i end up not getting it wow the thing that i shouldn't be getting it i get it this is the pattern of christian life with us okay now i want to because of the time we are going to run quickly we are going to talk about what is not mercy because that is a good thing to find out the define mercy what is not mercy i wrote down your six things unkind stony heart what is a stony heart it's a bitter heart a bitter people cannot enjoy the blessings of god a bitter people cannot celebrate god bitter people cannot worship god bitter people cannot even sing and be joyful i call them bitter people are morally like mostly like constipated people they are stuck they don't bring fragrance they stink if you hang around with constipated people you know what i'm talking about so they are unkind stony heart they you know the mercy is is uh, like mercy is not grudge mercy is not selfishness mercy is not vengeance or sadism these are not called mercy okay we have this twisted word called mercy killing have you heard that word mercy killing anybody heard that word it's a most twisted word it's like the somebody says honor killing have you heard that word honor killing it's it's a most bizarre it plays with your mind honor always exalts a person it doesn't kill 
Mercy gives life. Mercy killing. So it's a messed up. That's why we need to know what this word means. So mercy is not a stony heart. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not unkind. It doesn't have grudge. Mercy does not have selfishness. Mercy does not have vengeance or sadism. So how do we grow in this mercy or compassion, clemency or pity, forgiveness of God? I wrote down here four simple principles from the life of Jesus. And Jesus, you have to do yourself a favor. You have to go to the word, read the gospels over and over and over to see the life of Jesus. Because whatever Jesus taught, he actually lived it. He never taught something that he never lived it. So when he spoke, you know, Gandhiji, when he started his uh, uh, freedom fighting movement, the first thing he read was Matthew chapter 5. Do you know that? The first thing he read was Matthew chapter 5 and he said, do this, you will find your freedom. But Gandhi's, one of the negative challenges of Gandhi is he used Bible as a principle, not as a person where we can have relationship. That makes a big difference. You can use this as a principle. You can drive a lot of good things out of it. Like Japan, for example. That country is not a Christian country. But it has a lot of principles. My uncle went to Japan and he was in Tokyo and the, the guy who hosted, he, he said, 10 o'clock we'll meet you downstairs in the lobby. My uncle came 10.05. And there was, in the receptionist, there was a note for him. You are late. We will see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. My uncle was there 9.30, waiting there next day. One of the beautiful things about their, their policies, they made the company so good. Today, Japanese car, you have Tata or you have Toyota, which one you will choose? I mean, be, let's be honest. You know, my mechanic says, you know, even though Japanese, the way, I mean, he's a Hindu guy, he says, God somehow made less nose on Japanese, but he gave extra brain for them. <laughs> and he said, we may have long nose, but little brain. I mean, his way of appreciating the Japanese way. And we can use that. We can take this Bible and put a good principles out of it and it will still produce a decent amount of fruit, but it will never produce a transformation. Today, the number one suicide culture in Asia is Japan because people cannot even give mercy to themselves. So we're going to look into the Bible, look into the life of Jesus, what he did, and we're going to. It's so simple. You might have read this scripture so many times, but you have never seen through the eyes of mercy. That's what we're going to look at. It first one. Jesus touched a leper. We have a place here called Shanti Gramam. I don't know anybody been there, and we go mostly at least. Once a week we go, we cook food and we go there and we share. And according to Leviticus, it's not up in the screen, according to Leviticus 13, 45, 46, if you read, it says this, a leper should do two things. He cannot cover his head and he has to scream if a non-leper comes and says, I am unclean, I am unclean. And a Jewish rabbi, every day when he goes before the synagogue, he prays three things and he thanked the Lord for three things. He says, thank God I am not a leper. Thank God I am not a Gentile. Thank God I am not a woman. So here, Jesus, look at this verse. 
Mark 1.41 says, being deeply, I'm reading from the Passion Version, being deeply moved with tender compassion. What does it mean? Tender mercy. Jesus reached out and touched the skin of the leper and told him, of course, I want you to be healed. So now, be cleansed. My question is, can Jesus just speak and heal? Yes. Can Jesus say, oh, leper, all the lepers in this town of Nazareth, be healed? Yes, he could do that. He's, he's God. But there is something he demonstrated which we forget in the church. Miracles, if you read, there are 40 miracles recorded in the, the Gospels. And all of the miracles that are recorded in the Gospel has to do with the poor and the neglected and the vulnerable in the society. And Jesus always reached out to them. The Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion. He cried when Lazarus' friend died. He knows he's going to raise them up. He could have, he don't need to cry. But there was something motivated in him that still we can say, this is the lifestyle he wants us to follow. Does it make sense? Are we learning something here? So look at this word, the Greek word. Uh, again, the Greek word for compassion, which is the root word like mercy, elios which also means an anger. So it's a, it's a similar way and they used this word. Jesus was moved deeply. He was angry at the mess that enemy created but he was actually also had the compassion over the person. And he was moved with compassion. And I wrote down here, what does that mean for us? Jesus touched a leper. That doesn't mean we have to go every single day to Shantigramam to touch the leper. That's not what it means. But there is something we can learn to walk in mercy. Bible says, blessed are those merciful. They will be also receiving mercy. So practical steps. What are the practical tips? Number one, give a homeless person or a leper a gentle hug. We serve the homeless almost every week. And it's so easy to bring food and just give it to them. And there are some amazing stories we heard over the month. Like, like this ice cream, ice cream guy. Can you come on front? Can you tell a little bit about that? Can you come on the front? It's not to elevate what uh, Patrick is doing, but something beautiful. Where is the mic for you? Yeah. Yes. What did you tell the pat, the ice cream wala in the street? Yeah. There was an ice cream guy. I I just went there. I used to go there, but uh, when I went uh, like last week, uh, I just asked him, "Do you know?" Jesus in Hindi asking then he thought that it's an ice cream name this guy he was like more than 28 years old he was 28 and I was so much shocked wow this guy don't know about Jesus 28 years old he's from Rajasthan and he thought I'm asking about ice cream then I said I asked him no one ever said you anything about this Jesus he said no no one then I sat with that in the street and I just uh, I just was sharing about Jesus to him and he suddenly opened his heart to me and he said, you know, I went and I went with my barefoot, so many temples, so many God, nothing happened to me and so many people cheated me, so many people, they fooled me. He was sharing his heart Then, then I, I, I just told him that, brother, God gonna, God gonna heal your broken heart, God gonna teach Amen. you. Then, and then I prayed for him in that and he was so much happy, he was smiling at his face. Beautiful, beautiful. It's amazing, no? Jesus also 
has best ice creams anyway but uh, that's a different thing but the beautiful part is this has happened in front of our street there is a just a normal i mean this is in city of vellore a city that 100 years ago mamma idas cutter came pioneered christianity is all over but still people don't know jesus and this is what i wrote down here very simple you know uh give a homeless person a hug or a leper a gentle hug just that eye contact you know second this my this leads to the second practical tip take time to look into their eye and talk to them you have you know as a pastor there are certain areas i cannot go but god put you there your cubicle i cannot go there and preach but your cubicle where you have that people in your cubicle you have the authority because you have the authority to bring the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven we are all phd holders what does that mean pulling heaven down amen i know it's a cheesy statement but it works this is the reality uh, what i can't do you can do because god has given you the ability the knowledge and the position and the authority you have people in front of you just you know the other one i wrote down here perhaps a poor patient needs a kind words more than the medicine take time to speak life you know i have seen so many times i have not seen uh, in cmc so much but outside cmc i have seen the way they treat the poor patients இந்த வெள்ளை மாத்திரை ரெண்டு வேலைக்கு சாப்பிடு கருப்பு மாத்திரை ரெண்டு வேலைக்கு சாப்பிடு எல்லாம் சரியாக போயிடும் ஸோ தே ஜஸ்ட் சே தட் வேர்ட் யூ நோ ஈட் த டூ ஒயிட் டேப்லெட்ஸ் ஃபார் டூ டைம்ஸ் அண்ட் அண்ட் தே டோன்ட் டேக் டைம் பட் வென் யூ சி அ பிக் ஷார்ட் வாக்ஸ் இன் யூ நோ இட்ஸ் ஆல்மோஸ்ட் லைக் புல்லிங் அ ரெட் கார்பெட் பட் ஐ வாண்ட் அ சேலஞ்சஸ் யூ நோ வாட் இஸ் மர்சி இட்ஸ் நாட் ஜஸ்ட் யூ நோ ரைடிங் அ செக் ஆர் டூயிங் அ வயர் கூகுள் பே ட்ரான்ஸ்ஃபர் இட்ஸ் மோர் தேன் தட் இட்ஸ் டேக்கிங் டைம் டு லுக் அட் சம் ஒன் ஐ ஐ அண்ட் சே காட் கேர்ஸ் ஃபார் யூ amen the the psychological people say the, the they say every human needs at least 12 hugs a day 12 hugs a day my wife needs 24 hugs a day amen and that doesn't mean you have to go and say hey i'm going to hug everybody i'm not we have to be still culturally appropriate you know so <laughs> pastor told me to hug so let me hug you sister no that's not what i mean that's we have to be culturally appropriate but but take time to appreciate take time to speak amen this is what jesus touched a leper number 2 running out of time jesus healed a woman with the issue of blood this is the second one it's in matthew 9 20 to 22 it's up in the screen but it's not up in the screen i'm going to read the description of luke because luke we know is a doctor and he has a way of writing things it's very graphic look at this what i'm going to read is just luke chapter 8 verses 43 to 48 it says the woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding look at this word how he is a constant because he is a doctor right you write your reports you 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 are very elaborative of how you see things constant bleeding and she could find no cure coming up behind jesus she touched the fringe of his robe immediately the bleeding stopped who touched me jesus asked everyone denied and peter said master this whole crowd is pressing up against you but jesus said someone deliberately touched me for i felt healing power go out from me when the woman realized that she could no longer stay hidden she began to tremble and fell on her knees in front of jesus the whole crowd heard her exp- 
explain why she had touched him and she had been immediately healed. Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So the first story is the story of Jesus touching the leper. The leper story talks about seclusion. This story talks about legalism. A woman can never go untouched. Do you know in those times, a woman can never witness, say for example, hypothetically speaking, if, if my brother Chenny punched me on my face and Manat saw and he, she wants to report, this is 2000 years old story, it doesn't work because Manat witness doesn't take it. She's a woman. Guess who was the first person Jesus revealed when he resurrected? Amen. He was always against the natural culture trying to bring the kingdom culture. Isn't it beautiful? Look at this one. Lepers were secluded, but the woman with the issue was healed and she has no right to come closer to Jesus. So that was legalism. These guys were so frustrated. So Jesus was here highlighting again. You know what? It's all right to come closer to me. So what are the practical tips be willing to go an extra mile. Be willing to go an extra mile beyond your culture by exercising kingdom culture. I have heard so many times people say, you know, I, we were uh, on the way to airport and we could able to, need to drop the car in the airport in LAX and then take the flight back here. So I have to fill the tank. So I fill the tank and the guy who runs the gas, I mean the petrol bank is a Mallu guy. So I asked him, hey, your name is Joseph. So I started talking to him you know, with my broken Malayalam and he was very happy and, and he didn't reduce any price but <laughs> but, uh, but then I asked him, how long you live here? 10 years. Do you like this country? No. Horrible culture. I was thinking back of my horrible culture. Then why you are not in Kotayam? You like the dollar. <laughs> It's so easy to criticize. It's so easy to criticize. Ah, horrible culture. But you are there. You are there for 10 years. You know, and this is the thing we do. We sometimes, we put our culture beyond the kingdom culture. Let me tell you, I cannot say, I'm a Tamilian, this is my Tamil culture. You know exactly what Tamil culture says? Woman has no equal rights. Tamil people are here. Some of them can tell you. The South Indian culture, it's, it's a very strong male-dominated culture. I can't run like that, my family. My wife will do. <laughs> it's not going to work. It's, I have to go beyond that culture. What is that? Kingdom culture. Why? Because I will take the good. This is the First Thessalonians 5 principle. I test everything, take what is good, avoid detestable things. This is 1 Thessalonians 5. You can apply this. Test everything. Look at anywhere. You are, some of you are from very foreign to this culture. You are here. God brought you here. Test everything. Take what is good. Avoid questionable things. That's it. That's 1 Thessalonians 5. So this is what I wrote down. Be willing to go an extra mile beyond your culture by exercising kingdom culture. Amen. And what is the kingdom culture? The best example is Jesus. And there are certain times we have to go beyond what our cultural norm says. Number two, be constantly aware of the presence of God in you and over you. Anytime can people 
notice the anointing. You know, we spoke, last Sunday we spoke in a Romanian church in, in Los Angeles. That was our last Sunday. And these, after the church, we had a ministry time, you know, few, uh, it was a few hundreds of people were there and the one, one, two girls came up and said, this is what she said, we wanted to thank the Lord for you both. And this is not to elevate me or whatever, my wife or anything. She said, we see the presence of God in your life. And this is what I've been praying for. I've been saying, God, I don't want people to notice Charles, a funny guy. Charles, he tells jokes. Charles, he has a humor. But Charles, who carries the presence of God. This is my prayer. This is my prayer. And I said, thank you so much. And I said to my, under the breath, I said, Lord, I want to host you well. That you feel comfortable to hang out with me. Amen. You know, this is the story in Acts. It's not up in the screen. Acts 19.12, the Bible says, they took the aprons and the handkerchiefs of the apostles and they laid it on the sick people. Okay? Do you know aprons? I never preach with my apron on. Do you go to work with your apron? You know what is an apron? It's when you cook. Right? It's a menial stuff. Kerchiefs. When you work in the sun, you have this towel. But Bible says they took those things. They didn't say they took the holy water from the church and poured it on people. They said they took the aprons, the kerchiefs, and they laid it on the sick people. They got healed. My prayer is this. You will leave your shift and you will go back to your house. But the next person walks into your cubicle will feel differently because the presence of God Amen. You know, sometimes they change your name boards when you move, you know. So the next person comes. Somebody was there. They should feel the presence of God. Why don't we take 10 minutes, 10 seconds, lift up your hands and say, God, I want to be that presence carrier. People should notice that I carry your presence. Why don't you just pray that for yourself? Just pray that over yourself. Father, help me to carry your presence. Help me to represent well. The lady who came to Jesus to touch the fringe, people will notice the anointing in me and they will come closer because the anointing of Jesus is so visible. More than my culture, the kingdom culture will be visible through me. Why don't you pray that prayer over to Jesus? Yes, Father, we thank you. Now what do you do? Hold someone's hand. You pray that for that person. That the person next to you will be so infected with the presence of Jesus that it will be so contagious when they are walking around anywhere in this campus, anywhere in this city. Yes, why don't you take 10 seconds? Just pray over that person. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Yes. Amen. Amen. Jesus touched a leper. Jesus healed a woman with issue of blood. Number three, what is mercy? Jesus at compassion on the people. This is a beautiful story of the five loaves and the two fishes. Matthew 14 from verses 13 to 21. And we don't have time to read. I'm reading just um, from verse 17. It says, But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Verse 18 says, Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish and looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then, he, then breaking the loaves in pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 
12 baskets of leftovers about 5000 men were fed in the day in addition to all the women and children this is the only miracle that has been recorded in all the four gospels including john because you have the three synoptic gospels but then john is different the way he writes is quite different he doesn't have all the parables there but in the fourth gospel john he even mentions this one here so there is something about the compassion of god i wrote down here what does it mean the practical steps the compassion of god enables us to pray for the lost if you are merciful person you will pray for the lost when was the last time you took time to pray for the lost people in the city or you just say god thank god i am not lost sometimes we do that no that's the religious way i'm i'm so glad everybody is lost but i am not lost no when was the last time you take time to pray god i pray for the city of vellur i pray for my own city for my nation that i pray for the lost number 2 compassion of god enables us to give to the kingdom work we we live in a world where if you give you are losing but the kingdom works opposite you gain by giving you win by losing you live by dying this is an opposite kingdom the compassion of god the third one enables us to go to the lost world you know th- there are still thousands of languages still don't have bible it's very interesting to see you know we have a bible this bible came tamil bible came 300 years ago because one german guy decided to follow jesus and he left his small town called gorlitz i've been to the church i preached in the church i've shared my testimony there he left that bible he left his people and he came to tamil nadu he learned tamil he learned hebrew he learned greek and he translated the bible out of that came malayalam bible missionaries who came to northeast they sacrificed their life today we have 90% above our christians in the northeast but it was not like that it was a different story back there we cannot take this gospel for granted those three things compassion of god enables us to pray for the lost compassion of god enables us to give to the kingdom work compassion of god enables us to go to the lost world look at this verse 2 corinthians 5:14 and 20 says for christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died and we therefore christ ambassadors through god we are making his appeal through us we implore you on christ's behalf be reconciled to god why don't we do this why don't we stand up on our feet i'm not done yet we have still one more point why don't we pray that god will give us the heartbeat for the lost you know there are some empty chairs here you can even touch those empty chair god bring this lost people into the church we don't want church swappers people who go to another church bless their heart they let them go but there are people friends you know that maybe they need to know jesus they need to know just touch your just touch prophetically put your hand on the chair empty chair and say god help me to be that bridge builder somebody can walk through me to find life in you help me to give me that heart i'm so sorry for always praying for my own needs my own challenges but help me to give me your heart for the lost for the lost maybe your friend somebody would know that you know of but they are not walking with jesus 
Maybe your colleague, who do you know of, but they're not walking with Jesus. Why don't you speak that person's name to Jesus? He's hearing your prayer right now. Take time, take 10 seconds or 20 seconds. Just speak that. Maybe your colleague or a family member, they are so close to you, but they are far away from the heart of the Father. Why don't you just pray for that person? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Father. We thank you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I'm going to wrap it up with my last one. What is mercy? Jesus touched a leper. He touched, he healed the woman with issue of blood. And he taught us in the principle of of, uh, having compassion over the people through the story of five loaves and two bread. And the last one, Jesus taught us to forgive others by forgiving. And this is very important. And we have to forgive others. And this is something that we don't do it very often because it's, we are entitled. You know, all the movies we watch, it's all about revenge. There is no movie that talks about forgiveness. If it is, it's a boring movie. It doesn't make it to the blockbuster. Everything. So he wanted to, he want us to let go of the hurt. Look at the story of this beautiful story from Luke chapter 10, 29 to 37. This is a story, a dialogue going on. There's a young guy, he's asking, you know, I have fulfilled all this, you know, who is my neighbor? And then the Lord, instead of answering him, he tells him a beautiful story. It's a story of a good Samaritan. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to the Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But the Samaritan, when he traveled, came where the man was. When he saw him, he took pity on him, mercy on him compassion on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring an oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey because there was no Toyota or whatever there. Then brought him to the inn and took care of him. Then the next day he took out two denarii which is equivalent of a day's wage and gave them to the inner innkeeper. Look after him, he said, when I return, I will reimburse you for an extra expense you may have. Which of these three you think was a neighbor to the man who fell on the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. In this beautiful story, we have three mindset. Robber's mindset, religious mindset, and the kingdom mindset. What is the robber's mindset? Robber's mindset says, what is mine is mine. What is yours is also mine. That is the robber's mindset. What is the religious mindset? It's very nice. You know, I don't harm you, you don't harm me. What is yours is yours, what is mine is mine. What is the kingdom mindset? It's different. What is yours is yours, what is mine is also yours. We are so good in saying, what belongs to me is mine, what belongs to you. Have you heard that saying in Tamil? Whatever, it's your trouble, it's yours. Don't mess with me. I'm okay. I'm fine. 
I wrote down here maybe two or three practical tips. What, is, what can we learn from the story of this merciful? Number one, set a budget from your income for blessing the poor and needy. I know most of you here, I could say 90% here, are very faithful tithe givers. I know that because as a pastor, I, we receive your tithe, we pray over you, we pray blessings over you, that you will not lack anything, that your tithe is like insurance. You pay insurance and God takes care of you. That's how it is. You know. So if you don't have insurance, you, 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 you go into damages. But that's not the point I'm talking. So I, I, I remember, I know you guys, you've been faithful on the first week. Even if somebody didn't come, I remember one of the members, she couldn't make it, but she sent the tithe through the person and say, put that, and that shows your heart. It's so beautiful. But there is something we cannot ignore is the poor and needy. And every year we do this. And last year was the most highlight for us because every year we used to raise thousands of dollars outside India to feed the poor and needy during Christmas time. The last year, almost one lakh came from the church itself. We could go and bless. I don't know, some of you... And you are part of it. We brought so many hundreds and hundreds of saris and dhotis and we blessed the poor and needy. And that's one event. But why don't you make this as a lifestyle? Me and my wife, we have this policy. 10% goes to the Lord, 10% as an offering, 10% as savings. We try to live with the 70. And it's tough. It's challenging. Sometimes rice and dal. But thank God God pickles. You pay now, you enjoy later. There is something about setting a little budget away. You know, in the village churches, they have something called PDRC. I don't know whether the Tamil translation, they don't have money. So what they will do, every time they take from the pot of rice to cook, they will take one handful of rice and put it in one separate pot and keep it there. On the Sunday, they bring that pot of, that's called PDRC. They grab one hand, they leave it, and they bring it to the altar. They said, Pastor, you can use it for any poor people in the church. You know, I mean, of course, we live in a McDonald's culture. We don't know how to grab that, but different in the city. But I'm challenging you to think about it. Set apart a budget, something that you can say, this part of my salary, this part of my bonus, I'm going to dedicate to the poor and needy. You know, we are really praying that that the Love Allure initiative that we started with you, most of it a part of it by buying t-shirts and gave money. We are hoping one day we can have a, a rehabilitation center in the city, especially for the homeless. They can take shower, they can have a place to be, you know, change. You know, the, the psychologically, if you don't take shower, you don't feel good. Am I right? Hello? Two days don't take shower, you feel awkward. Any, any person come close to you, you want to be far away. Yes? But imagine a person lives in the streets. Even to get a decent job, they don't get shower, they don't invite him. Even to wash glasses of tea in a tea shop, the guy needs a decent cloth. So we are praying that something will work out. You know, Pray that God will be using you as a vessel to bring a hope to the hopeless. Amen? And we are so blessed, guys. Sitting in this church, I don't know, when we started, Sister Roshni was here, we had none of those. Look, today now you feel like a little cold even because the temperature is... 
God has been so faithful, but we can't take these blessings and we can't ignore the pain in this city. Amen? Number two, visit a slum or poor neighborhood to be a blessing. Take a time to visit a slum. We do ministry in the slums. You say, hey, can I join you? Go into the slum. You, you might go. You know, you may have some programs in the CMC also. Take time to visit. Sit there. I remember one of the girls last, next week we will be having a family support program. There's one girl comes. Uh, what's her name? You and Mary, no? You and Mary. You and Mary. And her home, my wife being there, it's so challenging. It's just basically one single room. And it's half of the size of this. They live there. The next time we say, oh, I, don't, I wish I have a recliner. Thank God we are so blessed in this nation. You know, it's our fellow Indians who are suffering. So take time to visit a slum. You know, when you are living in CMC, you don't know what is a power cut. You don't know when is the electricity, water goes off. But you live outside the compound, you know what does that mean? When you to turn on the motor, when to turn, power will come. You don't know. God has blessed us. So let's not take that for granted. And the last but not the least, let go of the stereotypes and be willing to be his hands and feet of Yeshua in the nations. And what does that mean? So we have a stereotype. All oh, the homeless people, they are drunkards. They are full of druggies. We can easily make a stereotype of a particular situation of a person and we can discount our negligibility based on their stereotype. But I want to challenge you. Don't be a stereotype person. Say, you know what? Maybe their situation. Behind every homeless person, there is a situation. There is a story. Take time. Jesus, that's what he did. He looked at the blind man. He said, what do you want? He looked at the leper. He says, I want to touch you. Under the skin. Blessed him. He looked at the lady. He said, it's okay. Come. I'm not legalistic rabbi. She was trembling because you cannot do that. Blessed are those who are merciful. Amen.